All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, I think it's been about a six-month hiatus, so Jordan returning in 94, <laughs> John John Cena coming back in last week, and the Nasty Boys podcast, Make Triumphant Returns. Um, I think I think what happened was we just got kind of, one, there was just nothing to talk about. UC went into a long COVID break, and then... Xavier kind of had the same thing. It was just shitty. Middle of the offseason, Bengals was done. Everything was done. And then, um, I don't know, we just kind of stopped. But we were trying to be back. I think we, we both got some more time now. Uh, shockingly, we don't get paid from this, as, as many <laughs> viewers as we get. But we uh, – so we'll try to be more consistent. I think we'll start doing these like once once a week at least. Um for the foreseeable future. So we'll be back. And I think what brought us back out of retirement. Good old Red Bulls. Is the disaster <laughs> that we watch nightly at Great American Ballpark. Holy shit, Shane. Oh, man. Talk about a roller coaster. Just up and down, up and down. It's uh, It's one of those things, like, I go into work every single morning and I'm just – even when they win, I am exhausted. Like, I – one, every game doesn't get over until like – I swear to God, every Dude. game doesn't get over until 1130 now. I mean like, – it's, it's bare it, minimum. It's got to be just the Reds that are just the one team that it, it they are beyond three hours every single game. It's every night, and I guess it comes with when you have to make a billion pitching changes. But I'm like, oh my god, we can never these games never get over before like ten o'clock, dude. I and I really was thinking that last night with the. I mean, what did they go? Only eleven innings, but it just seemed like my god. Yeah, I really I was, was there. Thinking, I was like, how long have these games been? Yeah, I uh, I went last night and. I mean, we left, and I'm not a big, like, leave guy, but it was just – it was literally 11 o'clock in the eighth inning. Yeah, I was going like, to say – I, I don't see this game getting over anytime soon. It's just a – because so naturally you come home and stay up for it. Yeah, you know, and you had, you had texted us saying that you were you had left, and I remember looking down. I was like, damn, it's only the eighth. But then look at the time. I was like, well, makes sense. Yeah, it's exhausting. So, um, I don't know. I guess we can just get started. I mean, obviously everyone knows – the problem, the deal. I mean, it, it it's a broken record at this point. If you've logged on to Twitter, you've definitely seen me. I've been pretty obnoxious about it, but pretty much everybody. Um, the bullpen has been a disaster. Would be a compliment. Yeah, it's it's been it's been an utter catastrophe. Like, I'm talking Hurricane Katrina coming through Cincinnati every single seventh inning. And full disclosure, Reds are up 3-1 to one in the sixth inning, bottom of the sixth, two outs. As we watch this, Shane might be a little ahead of me, uh, but I have a 2-2 count to Tucker Barnhart, so you might get some live it. reactions to some stuff here. I just got a 2-2. I got a 2-2 count as well. All right, so we're on, we're on like the same thing here. So you might get some live reactions here, and and we'll get a nice bullpen. I mean, um, I'm really intrigued to see, see what they do tonight. I mean, we kind of we ran through a decent amount of arms yesterday. If you Just want to call them that, yeah. Arms, I mean, yeah, <laughs> body parts. Yeah. They're and the throwing motion. We went through quite a bit yesterday. Gutierrez short start. This ball was kind of flying out of the yard. 
not a pitcher's day yesterday for either team. No. So, I don't know. I guess uh, – They'll have Garrett tonight. I'm sure I'm sure he'll be out there. Brock didn't throw too much last night. So, assuming they're going to be the first two guys to go. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, overall, just as the scope of the season, first, I'm going to try to be positive. Because it's – I think a lot of the players I, – actually, I would say even all the players, even the ones that have played poorly, I think the players deserve – positivity like i really do because i don't put i don't put this necessarily on like this isn't like last year in the playoffs when the bats just sucked right i mean they've dealt with a lot they've had injuries injuries to to key guys mustakis senzel has been down aquino missed significant time uh they've dealt with pitching injuries and yeah you can make you can say that but i'm gonna be the negative guy here i mean a, what a good franchise, though. They're built to, for those scenarios to happen. Well, and that's kind of what I get into. So, and I think the frustrating part about all this is they've had guys super exceed expectations. Like, I, I think what Nick Castellanos is doing, obviously, I mean, no one thought he was going to be a legitimate MVP candidate. He is. Jesse Winker all-star season. I mean, maybe you could, no one was saying all-star starter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I, think, I remember I think before you... the season, we, we knew what the flaws were with this team. Like everybody did. It didn't, it didn't I mean, take you a could, rocket you could, scientist. You could go back everybody to one, knew. you could go back to one of our episodes. I mean, and listen yeah. to it. We talked about we it. Literally, we the literally, we literally said we worried like, about was bullpen. <laughs> bullpen yeah, it was, it was, we, we, we needed a shortstop. And we got rid of our two best relief, two of our best four relievers, we'll say. And yeah. we didn't backfill any of that. That's not even mentioning the fact that we lost Trevor Bauer. You know what I mean? And, and shout out. To, I mean, they've had guys step up. Wade Miley and, stepped up. Been phenomenal. Uh, don't year. don't forget DiScofani as well, who left yeah, for, just, I think, what, $2.5 million? Yeah. So it's... You know, and I think two two former Reds have had. Uh, I think it was eighteen combined wins in the first half, and Gausman and Discofani combined. Yeah, but I I think the point to to say with that is it would be lazy to say that the Reds have had a lot of stuff break the wrong way. They really haven't. They've had a lot of stuff break their way. Tucker Barnard had his best career year mm-hmm. at the plate. Jonathan Tyler Naquin. Tyler Naquin's going on nowhere. Johnny is a legitimate rookie of the year candidate, along with Tyler Stevenson, has been great. Wade Miley's been phenomenal. Uh, yeah, hell, dude, even, I mean, you could have easily made the argument for Miley to be an all-star. Easily. Yeah. Even, I mean, despite last night, Vladimir Gutierrez has been pretty good in his starts. They've gotten career stuff out of guys. Career stuff. Joey Votto's had a great resurgence. Other than, I would say, Suarez, Luis Castillo for a month and a half, and Senzel and, 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 and injury. Yeah, those are injuries. So I'm not even like counting those as really performance problems. Like they've had everything break their way, but they chose to not address the bullpen. And it would be different if they if they took that money and said what they were going to do with it. If they if this team had Marcus Simeon, who you know just happened to play in the All Star game and hit a home, you know, or do whatever <laughs> he did in the All Star game, and it's like you know, yeah, maybe if this team had Marcus Simeon, I could swallow the fact more that yeah, you know what, 
they, they tried a different route, route and it didn't work. They thought they had other guys in the bullpen. It didn't work, but they didn't even do that. We're dealing with Eugenio Suarez at short for mm-hmm. the first month and a half, who was horrible defensively. And it honestly probably just screwed his entire year. Yeah, and now Kyle Farmer, and credit to Kyle Farmer, he has done – better than what I thought he would, but he's still speaking a what you just 700 said. OPS guy. Yeah, stop. speaking of not... what you just had a, a little two-out double. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Miley came up, so nothing out of it. Yeah, so it's the... I just think for me, what, what I find so nauseating and frustrating is that it, you knew this was going to happen. You knew this team was an 80... 80 to 85 win team. And it just looks like it. It looks like that's what they're going to be. And I, again, I, I hope I've been so bipolar on Twitter with it because they go on these crazy 13 and three runs, these nine Dude. and two runs, and then they'll lose seven in a row. And it's like, they're, they're bipolar, but it did. Did you see the, um, the tweet from Joe Luckow? Uh, I think it's Luckow on Twitter. Yeah, uh, I know he is. I didn't see the he tweet. Went, or maybe I... Reds went six and one, and then three and eleven. Then they went ten and seven. Then went three and nine. Then they go thirteen and three, followed up with four and nine. Then they went nine and two, and now we're on zero and four. And, and, but that's exactly what this team was meant Ex- to do. Exactly. They're going to have like that's exactly who they are. They when you have an inconsistent bullpen not just inconsistent when you have a bad bullpen you're not going to be able to consistently win games you're just not the bats aren't going to stay hot forever you're not going to blow teams out so if you can't close out wins it's frustrating and there's just been i mean you got to think out there's at least at least five games where we've had the lead in the i can think of six games off the top of my head like i can legitimately think of six games like not just like games this isn't counting games that were tied i'm talking games they were winning and then they lost the Royals game, the three games, the four games versus the Brewers that just happened last night versus the Mets. I mean, we are talking about those are six games right there without question. The Reds were winning and they did, lost. Did you mention the, did you mention the Padres game? No, I didn't even mention the Padres. Game. I, the Padres not, game. That's the one that just sticks out to me the worst. There was the Padres game at home. I mean, that ended in a rain delay. I was at. Uh, yeah, that was the game we were at. Yeah, but I mean, it just yeah, I mean, you can start, you can literally jot your memory. It's just like how many times are you going to watch the same thing over and over and over? And now it's getting to the point where it's too late. Yep, it's exactly it's, it's exactly where we hit. I mean, I don't get, I don't get how you can go into the All Star break. So you have what Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You have four days, four days off, and you're and coming up on a on a three game set, four games out. And you don't do it. You just sit there. Shane, I, I don't understand how you're not even hearing things from them. You're Nothing. hearing things from every team in baseball. I mean, if you follow Jeff Pass and Ken Rosenthal, John Heyman, you name it, anybody, that's anybody, even fucking Bob Nightingale, who can't get a thing right. His son is the beat writer for the Reds. You can't hear, you hear nothing, nothing. of what the Reds' are, plans are. Nothing. Because and they don't that's have plans. Close to your chest, but it's like, what? Are you interested? Like, what? What are we doing? Or and I, I guess I could slide us into the next point, but like, I mean, we're. I, I always say this with the Reds, and I think I said this in one of our first podcasts. But the Reds, the Reds aren't like a lot of teams. They're not like the Mets. They're not like the Yankees. They're not like a lot of teams. The Reds, and along with a lot of small market teams, have to play the season in half. 
your season is from April to July 31st and then from July 31st to October. And because you, you, you have to make moves at the deadline. If you don't as a small market team, you're dead. You will die. It's what happened to the Reds a couple years ago. It's it's the reason the White Sox are phenomenal now. It's the reason the Padres are phenomenal now. Is you you can't stand still. So we can keep saying that there's a long season and there's still a lot of games left. And the Reds have 12 games versus the Pirates, and that all is true. It's all true. And Anton and Sims are eventually going to come back. That might be true. But the reality is, is you have 11 days to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, and, and what like, are we at right now? I think we're, what, eight games back? Brewers lost today. So we're seven and a half. So seven and a half. The Reds win. They'll be seven. Reds lose. It'll stick at eight. Yeah, I mean. Or somewhere in there. So you're talking about you, you have to gain seven, eight games in Milwaukee in two months. And it's not – this team isn't just one reliever away. No. I mean, we're – at I mean, this they're, point they're, with the injuries, there's three solid arms away. And and I also want to throw in that it, the Anton and Sims injury isn't bad luck. That's not bad luck. That's this is this is Bengals Joe Burrow getting hurt. Yep. Same situation. That's that's not being unlucky. No, that's because them, Joe it's, it's them getting get over. Help. Yeah, exactly. They had to get overused, and by them getting overused, it then caused injury. I mean, it's, yeah, that's what are you that's saying? not being cursed. That's not being unlucky. That is, you had to overuse those guys because you had nobody else, and they pitched in nothing but high leverage situations, and that does matter. Anyone who with a brain who's ever thrown a baseball knows it's different. The game's different when you're thrown in a high leverage situation, and that's all they did, and they did it a ton, and they got overused, and here we are. Yep. And, 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 and then, just, no, and then you can add on to the fact, so Anton gets hurt. And then, but they really need him, so they rush him back. They're not necessarily rush him back, but definitely comes back earlier than probably what he should have. And then, boom, comes to this. It's like, yeah, I think he got the um, PRP, the PRP shot. So, I mean, that's what Lorenzen got, right? I mean, it's kind of a rinky dink thing, but I mean, a lot of people that get the PRP end up have to get Tommy John. And he's already had it. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about, it's just, it's nightmare stuff, and it sucks because it was so avoidable, man. If I, I just – it's hard to think. What is this team's record with Archie Bradley and Rossio Iglesias? It's, like, kind of hard to even I mean, think about. It's it's a lot different, man. The games are managed different. They yeah. win. I mean, and we talk about all the comebacks they have now. Imagine if they if it was the seventh inning and they were down one, and instead of being down seven because you can't get a guy who can get a goddamn out, yep. you're down one again. I mean, it's it's. I think I legitimately, with how good the lineup's been, and I know we're talking about messing with time and stuff, and things are different, and bullpens will still blow games, so you're going to get those, but. You're, you're, you're really changing the trajectory of this team by just adding two pretty good bullpen arms back. So I, I don't know, man. I just and I guess, I guess we can lead us into the next point. It's just point. so frustrating. Oh, yeah, real quick, it's just frustrating how, how they left as well. Just for basically – Salary dumps. For, for, yeah, for literally nothing, either of them. It was, it, was, it was nothing other than a salary dump. It was get me off the books. The Reds it's can't like, afford man, you. I wish we could at least, like, if we got a prospect, it's like, well, you never know. But it's like, you gave us literally 
dump the one guy and another guy get Noe Ramirez who gets cut within the first week of spring training. It's like, yeah. well, come on. No, it was just it was it was nothing more than a salary dump, and then we were told it was a salary dump to reallocate assets that were never reallocated. So it's no, well, they reallocated just to cast in his pocket. Yeah, it went to fruit prices. So maybe another playground in the stadium that can distract people from the fucking baseball that we watch on a nightly basis. Can't wait to um, see how we go about this summer. Yeah, so Miley's now in trouble in the seventh. This is. This is just setting up for This is setting stuff. up perfectly for the episode. Because <laughs> um, when Amir Garrett walks out of that bullpen. <laughs> uh, let's get to the point where he's hit the start. I mean, I, I, I guess this can kind of bring us, and we can watch. And, yeah, and I mean, he's at, at 90, time, but 97 pitches. Yeah, it's going to be. Um, but I don't, I don't know. We can talk about the deadline. I guess it is coming up in 11 days. So I... I originally said, and this was always, I was, I think I was put out as the guy who gave up too early. And, well, yeah. and I, I, th- I think part of that but was you come true, around. But part of this was, I don't think, basically since May, and Cassianos has been this good, and he's extended being this good, I don't think there's ever been a real shot to re-sign Nick Cassianos. I just don't. I think Nick Cassianos, if he hits free agency in October, or whenever it starts, November, I think he's gone. Scott Boris is his agent. Scott Boris is the king of getting the most money. Scott Boris isn't going to let Nick Castellanos sign for less money here. He's just not. And guess what? He's going to have a huge market. The team we're playing to tonight is going to want an outfielder. They need an outfielder. A big swing and right-handed bat in the outfield. Hello, Nick Castellanos. Especially with the DH coming to the NL, his market is only going to get bigger. So it's And the Reds proved that they're not willing to pay. So my thing was always you either have to extend your competitive window, which right now they have a four-month competitive window mm-hmm. or however long the season's left. That's it. You can say all this stuff you want, but Nick Cassianos has been signed through. I mean, he is, but he's going to opt out if he has a brain cell, which he does. And so extend Cassianos. Extend the guys you need to extend to open up this competitive window. And then if you do that, then you can be somewhat of a buyer at the deadline. But I think now, especially now, it would be insulting to – Do you think – It would it would be insane to buy at the deadline with with not no, with losing Nick Cassianos in, in a month. In four, yeah, three months. no doubt. No doubt. I mean uh, – they got to, in my opinion, I think what they're doing is they're just sitting on their hands and feet, just waiting it out, hoping kind of what's happening. We fall far enough off that it, it they have an escape. Yeah, but it's, I think the fans now are starting to see that it's not an escape. Like, I, I, I think Bob Gasolini, I mean, I don't know. I keep saying this, but I, I keep thinking. I keep giving him credit. I, I just don't think he cares. But he has to be thinking, like, dude, if I get rid of Nick Castellanos in this season, these people are going to hate me. Oh, no doubt. He's, he's and, the biggest thing in and, Cincinnati since. I mean, he's just taken the city of, like by storm. Yeah. And I think he's right now he's the most loved athlete probably aside from Joe Burrow here. Yeah, no doubt. So, that's And that's saying Joe. a lot. I mean, that's saying – a lot for what he's done in just two years being here. So, but I think if you're looking at it, 
it's probably the right baseball move. I don't even know because I don't know his value. It's definitely the right move to throw him out there. Just I mean, to see, he, yeah. If, if you're you if you're know. seven games, eight games back in five days from now, he should definitely be. His name should be on the market. <laughs> and I mean, you're getting two top ten prospects, probably three. I don't know. I go back and forth. I, I think it all depends on who he goes to. I think the team has to think that they, they can try to keep him. Um, but he does have a selling point in the trade is that if they do trade him, the team gets a comp. I'm pretty sure if he leaves, they get the compensation pick. Yeah. 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 So, so, and I think that's part of the reason why the Reds could keep him. If the Reds value that they, the compensation pick because get is better. That's how with like Bauer leaving, we got um, the first. Yeah. Comp I just, I just didn't know with the opt-outs, if he opted out and then the Reds made him a qualifying offer. I don't know how all that works, but no. I, I've heard that he that they'll get the comp pick. So, But then for me, this and this is where I lose people. This is where people get all pissed off for me. But if you trade Castellanos, you might as well trade Winker and you might as well trade Castillo to me. So I like to me, there's no point in half-assing it. If you trade Castellanos, Jesse Winker's a free agent in two years. You are not going to compete in two years. Dude, if Cassianos is in here, Winker's not going to be here. Winker will leave. Yeah, it's just, and it wouldn't even make sense. Like, this is, it's the exact stuff that I'm talking about. And I, I alluded to it earlier, but the White Sox are the best example of this. Like, the White Sox went full scorched earth. They could have been an 82 and 80 team. They decided to trade everybody. And bada bing, bada boom. You know, they, they're now one of the best teams in baseball. They had a loaded prospect system, all of that stuff. Great, great, great. But to me, it doesn't make sense to mingle. And if you're going to unload, unload. If you if you lose Nick Castellanos, if you trade Nick Castellanos, you need to trade Jesse Winker with him because there's no point in wasting the two cheap, super valuable years of Winker on a team that's going to be losing. There's just none. So I think that's where people get frustrated and annoyed, but it's just the reality. And the same goes for Luis Castillo, and the same probably goes for Tyler Malley, and the same probably goes for Wade Miley and Tyler Naquin, and a lot of these guys that are only here for one or two more years. Because if you lose Nick Castillo, you're not going to be able to replace him. He's not replaceable next year. You're not going to sign anybody who's going to have hit 330 with 1,000 OPS next year. It just isn't going to happen. No, no way. But and so, I think personally – Falling toward, I've never been that fully on your side when it comes to this, but I think I'm slowly shifting that way. But what I truly think is going to happen is they're going to let it ride out. They're not going to do much. They might add a bullpen arm. They probably will. They're going to add one. And then what they're going to do is they're going to ride the season out. They're going to stay close enough, but they know that if they are close enough, fans are going to keep coming. They're going to keep getting 30,000 people. On the weekends, and then the end of the year, we're not going to make the playoffs. They get their comp pick for Cassianos, and then we're stuck where we were, what, four years ago, five years ago? Oh, just pick the year, Shane. Three, I mean, four, five, it, six. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you're, it's going to be correct either way. So, yeah, 2009, I think, 2011. I mean, and if you're looking at it from a business side, it's a genius. It's from their side, when you take out the fact of winning and losing, they're trying to make the most bang for their buck. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, the Reds have done – I bet their profits this year are very good. They've done very well. They've put, and they're doing put, way better than any any forecast they could have possibly done because they got fans in way earlier than expected, and they got the full capacity way earlier than expected. Yeah, 
So, so if you're the Reds, you think bottom that. line clearly. I agree, and I, I think that's my biggest but fear. I do think it's great. Like I mean, I listen. I know you do too, but I listen to Tony Pike on my lunch break, and I listen to Mo Egger on the way home, and they're fine. Like they're truly showing. Like Mo Egger's been about solid about it, but even Tony Pike's finally at the point where they're just consistently calling out ownership, and they're getting. Yeah. And when they when they're doing it, they're getting it across to a lot of people in Cincinnati or whoever's listening, wherever. Agree, and that. And that definitely gets Castellini's attention. So whether whatever he does with it, like you said before, if he actually cares, who knows? But it's finally getting to the point where it's getting noticed by more than just your average Joe. Right. It's getting to the point where they're not going to be – they can't ignore it for much longer. Yeah, they can't hide Like, So you either have to dive in and they have to dive in and be who they are. Like the Bengals or... kind of are. Like the Bengals have always yeah. been known as, as like – and like I said it earlier today, I was – we were talking about the ownership, and really they kind of have just been hiding in the shadows of Mike Brown, where he's kind of just been the city's uh, owner villain, not spending money, but now he's kind of stepped back, and the younger generation's taken over. They're spending a lot more money, where they're kind of just going that all in. Yeah, I think I think it's actually super similar to what's kind of the Mets went through, and the Mets went through, and they obviously um, just have Steve Cohen now owns them, but when the Wilpons and the Mets. They kind of flew under the radar because everything James Dolan did in New York, he was so hated by a lot of Mets fans that even though the Mets were kind of exactly what the Reds were now, they were always that third-place team, that second-place team. And every once in a while, yeah, they get in the playoffs, went to the World Series the one year. You know, they kept lightning in a, catch lightning in a bottle, and it's enough to keep the fans coming back and the fans keep doing things. But eventually, the fans were like, enough is enough, man. And I, th- I mean, I, I think fan pressure, you know, along with a lot of money, got Wilpon out of the out of the booth. So, oh Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Uh, oh no! Well, this isn't good. Yeah, that was a drop ball by Joey Vada right there. That's a tough break. Defense, uh, man. We we give up. I've never seen a team get dinked and dunked more than we do as well. I will I will give the benefit of the doubt to that for the relievers. We do not catch breaks with balls. I mean, that ball just hit Vada right in the glove. He just completely dropped that. That's really bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even know. When it rains, it pours. I don't even um, know what to think. What'd you say? I don't even know like what to think about that. It's just, I mean, you just. So now you're getting up to McNeil, who's been swinging it well all series. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure Brad Brock has it under control. Oh, here we go. All right. <laughs> Maybe Votto will come up and just absolutely take pure anger out on the ball. All right, so. Brad Brock got out of it. Kudos to him. Kudos six, to him. Six more well, outs to go. Let's calm down. Um, <laughs> so we kind of hit on, you know, the trade deadline stuff, what we would do, what we think will happen. I think we're both on the thing of, I think it's crazy stupid to, to be full in buyers. Yeah, I mean. Well, all right. Let me, let me rephrase. Let's, I s- I'll say. Go ahead. I'll. What you said is the worst possible scenario. 
if they just sit and do nothing, would that would that would kill me? Oh, no doubt. Which like I mean, that'll, but that'll, think about and it. I think that's going to happen, and it's, and it's it's going to kill me. At least if they're buyers, at least they're like, all right, we're going to try. So I can get behind that. It's like, all right, we're yeah, but it, fucking it's, it, it's the same so. thing. Like, it's the same thing like you said before, though. Like if Marcus Simeon is on the field and we're doing what we're doing, it's like, well, at least they they tried. You know, they yeah. they dumped money to reallocate it to shortstop, which they did, but yeah. in reality, they didn't. So now we're kind of right. in the same boat. And realistically, like I said, I really do think they're going to go out and they're going to get that one bullpen arm or maybe two. Let's rephrase. It's going to be a very mediocre bullpen arm. If they, because of if what's they available what for the price. Do, it's going to be it's going to be a wildly mediocre bullpen arm. Maybe like a, a refurbished guy, like a guy they think they can change and get Or a better. guy that has high spin with a 6 ERA and triple A. Yeah, yeah. And that they'll be like, well, Derek Johnson will figure him out because he figures everybody out, which is like, Derek Johnson figures guys out who have talent. He can't figure out CNL Perez because he's not good. He can't. <laughs> he can't. He doesn't know what a strike zone is. He's allergic to it. Yeah. So it's like that's the uh, – that's the thing, man. I, I don't, I don't know. I get, and, I get caught up in it, but I, I think if I had to rate worst things they could do, standing still is the worst thing they could do. Um, I think where it stands now, I don't know. I guess things could always change. I think going full and buy would be super irresponsible. When I say full and buy, I'm talking about trading for, and I don't think this would ever happen, but like trading for a Craig Kimbrell or something like that. Yeah, no. Where it would be a ton of. Uh, of prospect capital um but this this brings me to an like an interesting point a question i think would be who would you who would you be willing to give up like let's let's say they're going to let's say tomorrow nick crawl calls shane and it's like we're gonna trade we need to discuss like what what prospects are you giving up like who's as high as yeah. you yeah I, mean, I guess guys major league roster too, but you got to do guys with value, right? Every like I see on Twitter all the time, people are like trade Shogo, dude. No one wants Shogo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's Shogo, got a horrible contract with Shogo a one no eighty Shogo no has no value, so I mean, yeah. I I think you, I personally think Tyler Naquin should be available, regardless of whether we're buyer, buyers or sellers, solely because I think. Ah. Uh, I just think you go. I re, I'm a fan of Keno, of Aquino. Well, here's the thing: is even if you, because I think I, I what, agree with you be, solely because I think of the value of what you get back from Naquin is more valuable than three more months of him, even if we're in contention. Because I, I he's, agree. in my opinion, very he's easily replaceable. He's got a great contract that. Any team that needs a left-handed outfield bat, which good teams need, that's a huge asset to have on a playoff team. I mean, that's an easy guy that you can get a mid-tier prospect for. The only thing I I think if you're selling, he's a he's the, he's one of the top guys, maybe the top guy. Yeah, and if sell. you're buyers, but I'm, if you're buyers, he's I don't still know. out there, in my opinion. Yeah, I, he, I just don't know if you're going to get a reliever for him. I'm not saying you have to get a reliever, but if if you get a solid prospect offer for him, I'm taking it regardless. Yeah, no, I think that's fair because I don't think, I, I don't think you lose that much in Aquino in return. Like if you just play Aquino and what's it? I don't know, Senzel every day, right? Or however they're gonna do it. Yeah, never Senzel. Like I don't think I don't think the loss is that much. So I would agree. I think Naquin's number one. But like let's say, um, 
don't know who else. Like who, who else are you willing? I, I'm, I'm going. Let's say if we're buyers, the Reds are buyers. They're trying to go get. I mean, I I'll go. Game. I'll rather go people. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you like no okay, touch. Go. Yeah, that's so cool. obviously we're gonna go Lodolo and Green, Lodolo Green, um, Hendrick, Bar- um, Garcia Barrero, um, Reese Hines. Reese Hines is probably the one guy that I'm floating out there for sure. Um, he's third base, corner corner infield. Maybe you can slide him in the outfield potentially, but who knows? I mean, obviously, India is establishing himself in the infield. You don't know where he's going to play. I mean, he just picked up second base this year. It's not his natural position. So you got you still have Suarez. You got Barrero coming up. You just take you just uh, drafted Matt McLean out of UCLA. Um, he's an infielder, but he's an older guy, a college bat who he could be up in two years. You don't know. So I think I think Reese Hines would be a solid guy to throw in. I mean, we I think he's he's t- he's number six on MLB.com. So yeah, yeah, I think I, I totally agree with you. I think if I'm looking, um, like I'm not Green, Lodolo, Hendrick. Barrera, no chance. I mean, like I'm just not giving up that for, any, for anything, I really. Mean, and then um, I don't, especially really, not for a half a season or a one and a half season rental. There's just no way. I, I don't know bad. much about Siani. I mean, he's got a 60 grade. It looks like he's more of a not a lot of power, contact speed guy, probably good defense. They got him yeah. at five, so I don't know how they view him, but he would probably be the line where I'd cut it off. Yeah, I, I think I think after But we after also don't four, have a very deep farm system either. Like, yeah, I think we have a very mediocre right. farm system compared to some yeah, other teams. It's a, Yes, I agree. Yes, looking at the farm you're right. I think it gets a little um It just very it thins out. It thins out. I mean, out well, Senzel, Senzel India Stevenson just got brought up, right? Yeah, so, so like, obviously they're spin. off now, yeah. but I'm talking like Right, right now in the farm, yeah. They're just um, all very, I mean, I think we're going to start, because obviously the Reds front office has changed a lot in the last, what, four years? So I think you're going to start seeing the draft strategy is going to be a little bit different, which yeah. is not a bad thing. I no. mean, it hasn't, it hasn't would, been uh, working out, so any a different approach can't hurt. If I'm buyers, this is going to sound a little crazy, but I would trade Vladimir Gutierrez. Yeah, no doubt. I'd throw him out there. Gutierrez and Santian, guys who were like kind of highly thought of, have a little bit of major league experience now. If you're trying to buy and get a good reliever, a quality reliever, I think they have I mean, decent value. And we're so um, deep in the system of pitching. Yeah, like I, I don't see, especially if you keep, if you keep what you have now. Like because, yeah, say what, what, let's say, like, what you have now, so you'd have Castillo. You have those guys at least through next year, automatically on contract. Yeah. So Castillo, Mally, Gray, Miley are all on contract next year. You already have Lodolo and Green, so it's like, and I know you're not going to keep Miley and, and potentially Gray and those guys forever, but what I'm just saying, like, if you're going to go for it, like, I have no problem giving up those two pitching prospects at all. No no doubt. I'm I'm fully on board there. But um, So yeah, I think we're in agreement. Like that's kind of as deep as we would go into that I'm, whole spiel. I'm really intrigued to see how the whole Trevor story 
thing pans out. Not solely, not because I, I mean, obviously I would love if the Reds traded for him, considering if we didn't give up too much, but I think the shortstop market is very, very minimal right now. And the teams that do need a shortstop, the first two that come to mind are, for me personally, is us and the A's. Now, two of the teams that don't spend money. So now, and Story, obviously, is going to be a guy that teams are going to be trading for as rental. Now, the Reds aren't going to be wanting to give up a ton. Neither probably are the A's. So now it leaves, or is another team like, I know you mentioned the Braves, or but now that Acuna's out, that right. obviously changes things. But now like, let's talk about the White Sox. Can they swoop in, get him for, for a bargain See, price? the Yankees floated around too The there. Yankees float Like, are they about to get this guy for a bargain price? Now, as Rockies, well, are, I think maybe the Rockies aren't as, as much as, obviously, as the position of the Reds with Cassianos because we're a little bit better. But do they just say, I mean, do we just hold them compared to what they've been offering and keep it for the comp pick? Who knows? Yeah, because they'll get probably a top comp pick. I think it's going to be really crazy just because of the shortstop market and free agency next year is nuts. Yeah, now, do you, you see the thing about, like, the expected, like, free agency numbers for shortstops? It's going to be insane. Dude, Javi Baez wants 200-plus million. Yeah, he's an idiot. He's the sixth-best free agent shortstop next and he's year. Like, like, he has no chance to see that. Yeah, I mean, he has and no he, chance. And he, honestly, I mean, he probably will. That's the crazy thing. Dude, teams I, cater to shortstops. I know I it know, doesn't make sense. I'm just saying, like, it's the reality. He's got, like, an 800 OPS once in his career. I mean, as long but, as he's uh, out of the NL Central, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, so I, th- I think, like, guys like Story will be super interesting. And, and how teams handle quality bullpen guys, I think, is it's, I think it's almost more interesting because – I think the more and more you learn, I mean, I know the Reds is, is really bad, but we're even watching the Mets. The Mets bullpen's terrible. I mean, there is no good bullpen in baseball. None. No. I mean, it's, we've watched even the Yankees, who had a really elite bullpen, I think, for the first month of the season, month and a half of the season, have they fallen off completely. Um, I, I, I don't – every team is looking for bullpen help, so those prices are going to way up. Yep. And – so I think that's why it just would be, it'll be wild to see, and, and, and really, I just I'm really curious to see how the Reds handle it. Um, so I I don't know. Um, I think what we said is like kind of, I think it's how everyone's. I think if everyone in their heart really opened up of how they feel, this is exactly it. Is that you like a lot of the players on the team, you're rooting for the team. But it is insanely frustrating how this was managed and handled. Exactly. And, I mean, I wanted to mention this, too. I'm curious to to see what you think. You might have heard it, but just listening to Tony Pike and Mo Agros on it. And he was talking about the game last night and how it was very poorly mismanaged. And I think anyone that that watched would agree with the whole Mike Freeman pinch hitting over Aquino with him pinch running and everything that happened. And Mo Agra said, I mean, it makes me wonder if he managed that game the way he did as a big middle finger to the front office. It, I think it's a fair question. Like, I, I saw people tweeting about that and saying that. I think it's a legitimate fair question. In a, in a close ball game, not just a close – In a, I would say we are getting to every must game now is becoming must win. Yes. In a must win, need do or die situation, in a one-run game, he brought in a guy – 
who's never pitched in the major leagues. Never. I mean, never. we're talking about we're talking about a guy who literally made the trip up from Louisville that afternoon, and that was the first guy he brought in. You can't three tell me. three of the five pitchers yesterday. Also, or it might actually be four because I'm not sure about Osage, but at least three all started the year in Louisville. Yeah, dude, our entire bullpen. It's 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 wild, man. I I do I do think he's getting to the point. I also think there's a part of it where. And you see this, I think you see this in football a lot more when I, I think he's like over, he's like overheated. It's like a laptop that's been on for too long. Like he's had to manage every game. Like it's game seven of the world series yeah. with, with the bullpen and how everything's doing. And I think at some point it would just be natural human nature just to be like, dude, I'm Kick losing. Back. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know why I pinched hit Mike Freeman and pinch ran Aristides Aquino in that spot, but my brain just turned off. I have no idea why I pitched to a guy with a relief pitcher on deck. I don't know, but my brain just froze up because I've been managing every game like it's do or die because it has been because he can't trust anybody to get it fucking out in the yeah. sixth inning or later. <laughs> and it's so crazy, I, like the I amount of him, exactly, and like the amount of hate that he has gotten is, and I'm not saying this year. I'm just saying like in the past year, year and a half. And then it's like, but if you really open your eyes, so it's like, damn, what he's had and what, what he's been able to do is actually quite impressive. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought last night was really, really bad. Um, but managers have bad games. It's just, yeah. It's just the nature, it's the of, the nature of it. So I think, I think with um, stuff like this, I, I definitely think it's it's going to happen. Um, but overall, I think he's a good manager. I mean, I'm, I'm happy he's the manager of the Reds. Uh, I, I really am. I think he's done a, a really good job. So... Um, we'll, oh, is he going to set? Oh my God. We had the worst third base coach in the Dude, league. He's terrible. He is horrible. I can't hear it because I have these giant headphones. I need to know. Show the replay. Did he get a bad jump? I, I don't get it. I was there last night. I sat right, I sat right behind him. I mean, he. There was a play last night where it was like I don't understand. It was I think it was India again. There was a, a Winker's double down the line. Yeah. The oh yeah, it was first I and have second. no idea why he didn't send India. I was standing. I, I literally had my buddy got front row seats right behind, right to the left. That was the first section, right to the left of the Mets dugout. A clear view. It would have taken a perfect throw to get him out, and we didn't. Say, I don't get it. JR House is terrible. What is that, man? Why did they not send him there? That was the worst throw ever, too. That just made an even horrible look. Watch. Now we're going to get set up for the double play. <sighs> that's that's unbelievable. I mean, that is that is crazy. Um, uh, I guess maybe next, I, I think we talked, well, I don't know. We kind of hit on everything that we had. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything... Else, talking wise, I know we talked uh, bullpen lineup. Let me let me ask you this. I, yeah, you go get, ahead. And then I got one other thing I'll bring up as well. I saw I saw something like this, but it was related to the Bengals. But I think we can do it with the Reds. It's kind of hard. I'm trying to think of how how to do it. Okay, you get seven players in the Reds organization right now okay. to build around to build around. 
Okay. Who 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 are you keeping? Winker Cassianos. Now, are you like taking out contracts per se? Sure. Yeah. What? Let's say. Let's say you get like them. Let's fresh. say you get these guys for. No matter what, you get these guys for the next five years. Yeah. Okay. So if you you can keep seven guys and guarantee for the next five years, who are you keeping? Seven but guys. It's the whole organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you. Um. All right. Let me let me start over. So I'm gonna start off with pitching. I'm gonna go Castillo. Um. I still think, dude, I think he's a future Cy Young winner. People are shams if they don't think that. Um, I'm, and then I'm going to go I'm gonna go Hunter Green. I'm going to go Green. I'm going to go India. I'm going to go Castellanos. So what's that put me at? It's four. Four. I'm going to go... I got to go Winker. And then I'm gonna go Stevenson. Okay. Yeah. And then probably I guess Lodolo. Yeah, I would have Lodolo. I think Barrera is an argument there. Yeah, the, that's kind of who I was down between, but yeah. The whole reason I brought this up um, was I I I I pretty much agree with your. I mean, seven players, whatever. It's random. It's hard to say, but. You said India pretty quickly. I think I've been day one India is like such and, such a great at bat by Tyler Stevenson. I love Tyler Stevenson so much. What yeah. is Aquino doing? I hate this team. Oh my god. What's he doing? Why is he in the middle of the first baseline there? What in the actual Dude, he had to he had to assume whoever was on second, which I think was Votto, was tagging was up. He had to assume he was tagging and he just he was tagging up and he put his head down because it was gonna be a close play. But what the, it, oh my god, what's the first base coach doing? Yeah, what's Delano DeShields doing? Alright, regardless. Uh we'll get back to a more positive thing. I think I was I don't wanna say out. I don't know why, but I was so glim on Jonathan India. Yeah, dude. I, don't, I just yeah, dude. Remember, we got into. I was like, I was day one India. I've always have been. I've been but, okay, but 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 eh, maybe it wasn't you who I was talking with. But I remember before the season started when we were talking about trading, I, and we said Trevor Story. I mean, I th- I remember saying like, oh, I'll give Jonathan India. No, oh, problem. I would have too, no but doubt. Like, like so, I I think. I mean, now I wouldn't trade Jonathan. I don't know many people I would trade Jonathan India for. I mean, there's obviously guys. Hold on, I my mean, dogs are eating each other. Boys. Sorry, um, <laughs> I, I think the Jonathan India. I, I, I honestly don't think is, I don't think he's touchable. Yeah, I mean it, it's pretty insane. I, I was uh, so that was. I was I mean, dude, he got on base six just, times yesterday. Yeah, he's phenomenal. I mean, he is the first. He is the first rookie since Barry Larkin. Yeah, he's uh, he's phenomenal. I, I really think um, like he's a guy I think you can legitimately build around. And if you would have told me that. Called I mean, hell, even three months ago, I would have been like. I mean, I, I was know, a fan of him, but I, 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 I've always been a fan of him, but I, I mean, I would never would have told you he would have been a rookie. Of the Here's what I'll be honest with: I don't know if I ever saw the plate discipline that he has, dude. It's incredible. And his, uh, 
his plate recognition is just top notch. Yeah, it's it's truly unbelievable. And what people don't realize, he was a good home run hitter in college. He was oh, one yeah, of the, the top home run hitters is, at, at Florida. The power is going to come. Yeah, so I, I think he – it's almost, um, I want to say, Jesse Winker-esque a little bit where we could see, like, a bubble, a bubble, a bubble, and then a burst with a, a guy who gets high on base, high on base, high on base, a uh, little bit of gap to gaps, and then the power just starts to go with it, and then you see what happened with Winker this year. Um, so I think that's super – Super interesting. So I, I, I really, uh, I really love Jonathan. I love both rookies. Tyler Stevenson's great too. Um, yeah. I kind of all that was a guy that I shockingly like stayed in on for a while. I was like, I don't know. It took him forever to kind of get up here. He dealt with a lot of injury stuff. But, yeah, he's a big injury uh, guy. But surprisingly, knock on wood, he really has been playing, playing like as much as possible. Yeah. Um, you said you had something. Yeah, no, I know. I was literally just thinking about trying to remember what it was. It was interesting. Oh, okay. So we talked about worst possible case scenarios. So that's going to be um, Reds kind of holding tight, not really selling, not really buying, like maybe a reliever or two here, here and there. But say now it comes October, we finish 85 and 80 or whatever. What do you think is the Reds' next move after that, hypothetically? Like, if we're looking into the future. Because, like I said, realistically, that's where I think we're going to be. So, like, what – where do you see them at? So, in that hypothetical – Because, realistically, we are – we still have shitty contracts on the books. So, it's like, don't have a ton of money, obviously – yeah, so I think in that hypothetical, um, I think Castellanos walks. Yep. So I think you lose Castellanos. Um, and then... I think you... I, don't know. I think what their plan would be is they're going to find some mid-tier, similar, I don't, I don't want to call because Castellanos was better than this, but mid-tier outfielder that they hope they can get the kind of the same thing Castellanos did, where... You know, he's going to bust, right? He's, he's, he's coming around. Uh, I'm thinking – I brought up the Mets a ton tonight, but I'm thinking of a guy like Michael Conforno who's a free agent next year. Like I could definitely see the Reds losing Nick Castellanos and being like, well, Michael Conforno was how we thought of. Like just had a rough year. He'll bounce back. And it's like eh, he's not – even if he has a really good year, I'm not sure he's going to replace Nick Castellanos. Um, so I think they'll do that. And then I think, I think their next move will be to ease the pain and suffering of the fan base – I think they'll sign Winker long term. That's what I was thinking too, and I think that's, that's going to th- be that's I think their first move. Yeah, they're gonna find they're gonna pull money around, find it, and I'm kind of well, running... they'll have it because they they'll they'll lose Castellanos' money off the books, right? So yeah. the the forty thirty two thirty five billion that he'll be owed after this year is gone. Um, so yeah, they'll they'll extend Winker. They'll give Winker a nice you know five year extension. Uh, for 150 million or whatever that'll be, and then that'll be their way or message to the fans like, no, we're still trying to compete. Look, we got Jesse Winker. Like, we just couldn't afford both. We're a small market team. We, you know, we need to do this. And then they're going to sell Hunter Green and Nickel Dolo and Jose Barrera down our face, and that's great. They should, but it's just not the. Found the not what you I need. found the Reds' future right fielder for next year. Corey Dickerson. Jock Peterson. 
Corey Dickerson. Corey and Dickerson. We're, we're just churning. This is exactly like that's what I'm saying. Jock Peterson, Michael Conforto, Corey yeah. Dickerson. It's guys who are having Tommy Fam. Tough. Yeah. No one that's going to move the needle. Nobody that's no. going to move the needle. I'm just going to stay, stay riding the wave. Yeah. Wave of negativity. So, I, I don't know. I, I honestly, I think that's that's the move. Um, let me ask you this. And we're just kind of rambling on here, so whatever. Sorry, but I think it's kind of fun to talk about these scenarios. What if? All right, let's say I, I'm being I'm being the optimist. Let's say the Reds, you know, win the next two in the series. The Brewers somehow lose two. Brewers play the White Sox. After that, they struggle, lose two or three. Reds take three or three from the Cardinals. Right? Mm-hmm. Reds get a little. They go on one of their hot streaks again. Are you willing to trade Arcida Zacchino for bullpen help? Depends who the arm is. But I'd be willing if it's the right arm. He's, 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 he would be our best reliever right now is where the roster stands, but he's well, not as good as Antonio Sims. I don't know that name, but I'm just saying. No, I know. Give me Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Right? It's weird to say that because it's like Aquino – is this? I think he's like somewhat high without it, but it's like the Reds don't even use him. But it's like take so out that one month of his career, and what is he? Yeah, it's he's he's weird. Um, still a high OPS guy. Yeah, no, for pitching, sure. Just because his slug, out- his his slugging's so high, so it's like he gets on base. I mean, a little bit. His OPS. I mean. He's yeah, like you said, he's a tricky guy. I mean, he's got a, he's definitely a valuable guy, but to an extent. I don't. I don't think the Reds would ever would trade him just because the fear of leaving Castellanos. I actually think truly he's you know, probably the the guy they're going to go with. Um, but I, I think I think it's interesting to look at because I think he has value. Little major league prop to get him for decent years of control. Um, almost like a, I would equate it to uh, the Cubs trading Jorge Soler for. Wade Davis. Yeah. Back when they did that. Yep. Not not but Solaire was a was a backup outfielder on that team. I would say he was more highly thought of than Aquino, but similar situation to where now the, the Royals got Solaire who who ended up leading the league in her runs. Right? Exactly. So Oh yeah, I mean uh, it, it's gonna be interesting. I don't I dude, I knowing how this team is, they're gonna win I don't know what they're gonna do tonight, but this weekend they're gonna they're gonna pull everyone back in. It's it's just how they are. Yeah, it it is. Um, yeah, I don't know if uh, if we want to do the last couple minutes here. I guess we can shoot the shit a little bit about um, other things going around. Just because we, we took such a long time off, there's a lot happened. And the last podcast we had, I said there's no way John Brandon would be fired. And he was fired probably like Boy, two weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> um, holy shit, was I wrong on that one? Who Man. the hell knew that was coming? wonder what he's uh, up to. I, uh, I'm sure he's, I don't know, talking to his lawyer, trying to get some sort of money. So that was really, really fun. Dude, um, and another note I'd like to throw out. I gotta, I'm repping it, but my boy Sammy Bachman going ninth overall out of Miami. Yep, former teammate. Actually, let me, uh, uh, I think a lot of people who listen to this probably will know, but Shane obviously played Division One college baseball, knows his shit. Um, Should have gotten drafted, got fucked. 
arm injuries, bullshit. But um, what are your thoughts overall on the draft? Give, give a little spiel about Sammy Bachman. And then yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the Reds pick because I know you follow college baseball a lot. So. Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously a huge college baseball guy. But yeah, I'll go over my boy Sammy. So he was a freshman my senior year of college, and coming in, he was he was uh, kind of being thrown around as like he was our hidden gem from the coaches. Like he's a guy that got through the weeds, and we snagged him. And he's kind of the kid. He's from Indianapolis, so local, um, but he just kind of baseball wise developed very late in high school. Um, so next, you know, his senior year is pumping like low nineties. And for many of you, I mean, high school, that's, that's getting your power five schools looking at you. But by the time he was doing that, he went to power five schools. They had no scholarship money, obviously college baseball, college baseball doesn't have a lot of scholarship money. So mm-hmm. luckily for us, he fell right into our laps, hometown kid. We gave him, good size scholarship so he came in and I mean this kid is just he's a brick house uh he works works his tail off and he's pumping as a freshman he's 18 years old and he's pumping 96 by these kids like he just he came in right away and you're gonna read oh he was 90 92 his freshman year that's a load of crap that's that's all lies I mean his freshman year it he he was our Friday guy number one guy from the start um, he was, he got up to 99, um, he was consistent 95, 96, and, but he had a really good slider. And I know this year he threw like 54% sliders. Um, he picked up Velo on it and now it gets up to like 92. It's kind of like the DeGrom-esque where not a lot of vertical drop, but you're going to, it gets a lot of movement and it just plays mm-hmm. off his fastball. And then it was, that's actually funny. I worked with him. He was, I was very close with him, but we worked on a changeup. That was my go-to pitch. And we always would just kind of toss around and whatnot with it. And now it's kind of cool looking and they're grading him. He's got like a 60 grade changeup. Yeah. And he's just worked on it, worked on it, worked on it. And now it's one of his better pitches. So pretty cool for him to go to the Angels. I've read things that he could potentially go straight to the bigs. Who knows? Well, um, yeah, I think he's, he, uh, he's been up to 101 this year. From what um, told me, but he has the. He has that arm to where if the Rangers or the Rangers, the Angels are in a playoff hunt, maybe not as a starter, but he could come up as be uh, maybe like a Garrett Crochet from the right side kind For of sure. guy. Um, um, I know the next cool. guy, the other guy that comes to mind, he was a red, um, the lefty from the Royals, Finnegan, Brandon Finnegan. Brandon Finnegan, yeah. He's a similar guy. Um, he came out of TCU, big college guy, college arm, went straight to the Royals, obviously helped him win a World Series, but. Um, I don't know if that's what they're going to plan is going to be. I heard that they want to keep him a starter. He's got the stuff to be both. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. I'm excited for him. Um, works hard, but it'll be cool to see him out in LA with Trout, okay. with Tommy, but yeah, yeah. excited that's for right. him. And then we, obviously the Reds get McLean. Um, I kind of, I don't know how much digging you did on him. I did a little bit, but. Pretty interesting guy. He got drafted first round out of high school, actually, by the Diamondbacks, and he turned it down and went to uh, went to UCLA. He played second short, so he kind of gives off like the India vibes with the college bat, like similar probably numbers power wise. Yeah, it's a pretty much pretty much the mold of what the Reds look for. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think he's a guy. I think I said it earlier, but he could be up in two and a half years. For sure. Yeah. 
um, uh, depending on how I think bad with the, it is for sure. I think with uh, the McLean stuff, I, I, I see, and this is going to sound crazy because I was just complimenting India so much, but I see, I say low ceiling is kind of bad to say, but I, I think with the, he's a low ceiling high floor guy. Like, I don't know if he's ever a superstar, but I think he has a chance to be a really good major league player. Yeah, I was um, trying to like think and, of a good guy, comparison. And a guy on a winning team. I mean, that's what everyone kind of said about him. But you look at his Just, numbers and his size and his body, like Hendrick, the yeah. superstar potential. Like that guy, his swing, his everything he has. It's like a, a low key, like he, he honestly kind of spits like a young Griffey to me. As crazy as that's, I'm not saying he's going to be the next King Griffey, but he's got like that power swing from the left side where he yeah. could come in. He's going to run the outfield. He's going to kind of be that man show power lineup guy. So. Yeah, interesting so that, for sure. But agreed. another thing too on the draft, so they got they went to twenty rounds, which uh, I mean, it's it's interesting. Um, I I don't know. I don't think it's crazy, but it definitely plays a role into the minor leagues for sure. Um, you got less guys, so I don't know how that's going to really affect in the long term play with how teams run their run their farm system really, because a lot of things are changing. Um, less rookie ball teams and whatnot. So, so I, I think I think a lot of people I don't, don't mind it, but understand how the MLB draft. I don't want to say works because obviously you just draft guys and they come. But you obviously went through the process. Mm-hmm. You, you you had calls from major league teams. You worked out for major league teams. All that stuff. So I don't. Uh, I think people would be like interested to hear. So like talk about what you. Talk about your experience, like how, what's it like, you know, go back to your junior year when you were looking to get selected or junior year, obviously before the arm stuff, and then yeah. your senior year process, like talk about what teams are saying or how like it works, because I know it's a big difference between being a junior and a senior. For sure, for all sure. that kind of stuff. Um, and it, and it, what's even crazy, so what Tyler kind of means when it, a difference between your junior and senior year, so when you're a junior year, if you follow the draft at all, you're going to hear it these guys have leverage and whatnot. So what that means is say you get drafted as a junior, you're going to be, teams are going to be will, more willing to give you more money to get, because that you have a decision to make between them and college where a senior has one decision and that's go play pro ball or don't, don't play. So obviously there's a huge discrepancy. Now the way the draft works is you have the first 10 rounds and you have slot assigned slot values for money-wise, so what they sign for. Obviously, if you're a senior, you're going to sign below that. Now, if you're a junior and you get drafted high, like Kumar Rocker, perfect example. He's definitely better than, I would say, 10th overall in that draft. Um, I mean, Bachman went in front of him, but teams knew he wanted a lot of money. Now, so teams like the Royals and, I don't know, I mean, whoever else was in front of them, Pirates, Rangers. The Angels. Angels, they pass on them because they want to, you only get so much money to spend in the draft. It's not unlimited free-for-all, spend how much you want. They have a cap on what they can spend. Each team's different. So the Mets ended up getting them, and they ended up paying a million dollars over the signing bonus. So is what it is. But going into the process, um, for me, it was a little bit different. Um, because my junior year, I got hurt. I hurt my knee. So getting drafted out of my junior year is really kind of out of the question. So I never really went through it, but my two of my roommates both got drafted. And then one of my other good friends, Nick Ernst, Cincinnati kid, everyone probably knows him. He also got drafted, who I'm close with. And 
I ended up going through the draft process my senior year, but you kind of, for me, you're out there throwing, you're getting attention from scouts and whatnot, but then you're also getting attention from advisors, aka agents. Um, but you have to call them an advisor because NCAA rules, all that garbage. Um, so I ended up getting signed with an advisor, um, and basically he handled everything, pretty much. He talked, They talked to teams for you. Um, and then you talk to them. So whatever they're hearing, they tell you. So you're never directly speaking with teams. And now when you're in the fall, team scouts come to, to come to our school. They watch our practices, our inner squads and whatnot, and they're scouting you. So that's Saturday morning at 8 a.m. And you got a, you got a uh, inner squad in the fall. You're thrown in front of scouts as well there. And you know it. So you'll have interviews with them. They sit you down. They talk to you just figure who you are as a person um it's a pretty cool process to be honest you meet a lot of cool guys all the scouts are usually former players whether they made it to the big leagues or not um so that's cool you get to meet them and whatnot um and then you get to the draft itself and it's I, i'm sure you could listen to anyone's real anyone really talk about it and you don't really they don't hear anything um my friend and when they do hear things, it's not always correct. So my my buddy, my roommate, he was he gets a call from his agent. He's just, all right, Padres in the third round. So he's ready to go in the third round of the Padres. Well, then a player ended up being available the Padres weren't ready for. They take him instead of uh, my roommate. Now the next thing you know, round four goes, then round five, then round six, then round seven. In reality, you go from third round, which you're signing for probably around 800K, to now he's in the ninth round, it hasn't gone, now he's only signed for 180K. So it's like, that's a huge difference, but it's just the draft, there's so many puzzle pieces, I mean, so many guys, so all these teams have different strategies, and eventually at the end of the day, you you either get the phone call or you don't, but it is a cool, uh, you fill out, the MLB sends you um, videos from players and whatnot, talking through the process and whatnot, so... You get to hear from former big league guys um, up at Miami. We heard from Adam Eaton. He's an alumni. He helped guys out. Um, but just a yeah. really, really cool process. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's super cool and super informative. I think the big like takeaway or uh, I want to say like point is um, it's so different from the NFL and NBA. And it's not that that's – I'm sure it's very similar to where scouts are always watching and that kind of stuff. But – those teams aren't those teams aren't really scrimmaging in the fall. You know what I mean? And like NFL scouts are there. You know what I mean? Like the NFL has the combine that's very public, that's very out there. And you know what I mean? For sure. Like you're just you're just having a Saturday morning practice where, you know, everyone's in college. It's like, you know, you could have gone to a fucking frat party that night, gotten teed up, and next thing you know, you know, you're, you're you don't oh, even realize it. Dude. You got six major league scouts at your and game. Trust and me, that I, can make or break you from getting drafted. It's, and it's crazy. Trust me, and I, I've I've seen it firsthand where you're not always told when the scouts are coming. Sometimes right. they randomly show up, and sometimes you don't even know they're there. I've seen guys, I mean, everyone knows how college goes. People would go out the night before. They're coming to practice pretty, pretty banged up still. And there could be a scout there, and you had no clue. Yeah, and I, I and you had to really. It, it's obviously if somewhat of an idea, but still, you, it it it's crazy how much it impacts. And two, like you were saying, the combine and whatnot, basketball and um, football, 
obviously your talent takes you, but they really look at your 40 yard dash and, and your 60 or not your 60, but your the three cone drill and whatnot, all these other drills, the vertical jumps, the bench press, they look at that. That's a huge metric when it comes to getting drafted where baseball, it's a lot of a scout watches you play. And then it House is on the worst league. fucking third base coach in the league. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. But yeah, it's um baseball's interesting because it's really just you constantly on the field, and you could go out there, throw bad in front of one scout for a team. He didn't like the way you threw. You're off that team for good. No one else will see you again. So because typically in college you're playing regionally, so you're seeing the same scouts because teams have regional scouts. So say the Reds are scouting me. The same scout for the Reds is the one scouting me at every single game, no matter where I'm playing, whether that's at Miami, whether that was at um, Kent State, whether that was up in Michigan, Kentucky. He's the same guy. So you throw a bat in front of him. He's not a big fan of you. You're off that team's list. So right. it's yeah, obviously I, different I for the bigger uh... names. But for the low-tier guys, like the Mac guys and even guys that like UC, that's kind of what they're going through. Yeah, really uh... – Really interesting, really cool process. So, for sure. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if you got anything else. Uh, uh, I don't know how long we've been running. Um, a little bit, but yeah, excited to get this back going again. Yeah, definitely. So, like I said, I think we're gonna try to start doing this again um, once a week. We we should be able to do it once a week. Um, keep that stuff up going. I'm, we're gonna be working on the social more, putting out more clips, um, stuff like that. So, if you have that, follow the Twitter account. Um, me and Shane will probably be retweeting some stuff from there. Um, I don't know, just to have a little fun. So, if you got anything, uh, or, you know, I don't know, feel free to reach out. Yeah. It's all good. Hopefully, you can see Reds win. Yeah, yeah. Who we'll, knows? Uh, we'll see. As we're signing off here, it's four to three in the eighth. Suarez just got thrown out at third base. I don't know if it was J.R. House's fault, but I'm blaming him. I doubt it was actually. But I'm gonna blame them. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. It should be fun. All right. Until next time. All right, buddy. Yeah, see, we'll you. see you, buddy.